Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Johto PR. We're the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and uh, good morning, Carla Joe Helms. Good morning. Hi, guys. I say good morning regardless of the time of day we record. But well, it's anyway, good afternoon good for me, but yeah. hello around the world. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to be talking with Meg Atterbury of Fox in the Forest about quitting social media. That's right. Should your business be on social media? Should you just throw it all out and focus on other things? Uh, Meg is also uh, in the afternoon, I believe, right now. But uh, she's a full-time content writer and SEO queen at Copywriting with Fox. And her mission is to help women stop hustling on social and start selling passively with SEO-rich copy that magnetizes their ideal client. She also runs Fox in the Forest, which is the most popular Colorado travel blog on the web. Meg, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, Sky. So let's jump straight into the, uh, we'll get more into that Colorado travel blog and, uh, and you. Yeah, and, Fox and, in the Forest. Fox in the Forest and yeah. copywriting with Fox and your uh, interest in foxes, it seems, <laughs> later. But let's start out by jumping straight into the, the topic today. Uh, quitting social media. And you're not talking about, I'm angry at Facebook and what they do with my data. So I'm quit. You're talking about businesses and whether or not they should quit social media. Can yes. you speak to that a little? Yeah. So uh, just to give, I guess, a little quick background, uh, I've been in business for about four years and for my, my copywriting, my content writing business. And um, I've actually never marketed myself for those services on social media. And uh, as a blogger as well for Fox in the Forest, you know, the first thing everybody tells you is you need social media to have blog. Uh, and to be honest with you, I quit social media for my blog uh, back in January. It's kind of like a long process. And I found that I actually make more money and spend less time working uh, without it. So it's an interesting discussion that uh, I've come to have with myself and my clients, you know, I focus a lot on people who, you know, as a copywriter and SEO and content writer, people who aren't necessarily interested in social media uh, and how you can decide if your business should or shouldn't be on socials. And, you know, I like to cat, like say everything with a little sidebar of it's, there's no right or wrong answer really. Uh, when you think about it, it's all individualized to you and your business and your values. Um, so it's not, you're not a bad business if you're on socials. I mean, I clearly have my opinions about it. We'll, we'll get into that, but um, you're, and you're not like, you know, a good business if you aren't, it's just these conversations should probably definitely be had um, both from a data standpoint and a value building standpoint. So social media is telling you should be on social. Mm -hmm. Basically you're saying, Maybe you shouldn't take their word for it since it's them telling you. It's like an abusive uh, partner telling you you shouldn't leave. Uh -oh. like, oh, I'm going to think about this myself. Maybe I should stay, but uh, let me not take your word for it. Well, it's kind of like those cybersecurity professionals that absolutely do not want any data on them anywhere in the cloud, in cyber, you know, are totally hardwired. <laughs> it makes you wonder, right? right? But you're not talking about I'm upset with Facebook for how they do this or that. You're talking about purely a business sense of should you be spending time for your business? Is it a good idea to spend time on social or not? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, and a lot of this too also depends on the size of your business. Um, so, you know, 
say what you want about Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all these platforms, you know, but business to business, like they are a business, they're publicly traded entities and their goal is to, you know, increase their revenue and make their shareholders happy. And it, it, it really doesn't matter, you know, what, whatever you think about that, that's, that's a different discussion, but like, it doesn't matter if you're personally using it or your business is using it or you're paying for advertising to use it. Like that's the name of their game. Right. Right. Um, so the first thing, you know, you want to look at the data and then you want to look at your company values. And I think the, the easier thing to look at is data in all honesty, because that's hard facts and numbers. And a great way to, to look at it is to take, an analysis of how much time either you or your employees or in contracted help you may be utilizing is, is, you know, spending and what that equals in dollars and what the results from that are. You know, if you're making $10,000 a day on Facebook ads, then I'm not going to suggest you don't continue to utilize Facebook ads. And if you're making $10 a day on Facebook ads and you're spending, you know, 10 hours a week, like that's probably not really what you want to be spending your time and energy on. It's just not working for you. And to make it even more confusing with the data is you can look at your competition and they can be doing something totally different than you and be successful at it. So just because, you know, business X is over here aggressively targeting Instagram ads doesn't mean that if you do the same thing, you're going to be successful as well. Yeah. So that's right. Start is looking at numbers. Just looking at what's the ROI it's giving me. Now I would suppose many people who would say, well, we're not making money yet, but once we do this, once we have all this content created and we're constantly on social for six to 12 months, then, I mean, you do SEO copywriting. That's kind of the thing in SEO. You tell your clients, look, I'm not going to write some, you know, we're not going to start a blog for you. And then you're going to see ROI on the next day. It's, it takes a while for it to build up. Mm-hmm. Uh, social people are going to say, well, it takes a while. Don't, don't give up just because you don't have anything yet. It's going to take should, There is a certain barometer or like a milestone or a benchmark on time though, right? So should people just consider, you know, maybe I'll focus my money elsewhere or should they give a push on social for, for a, like, how should they decide uh, other than just looking at the ROI, given that in mind, it isn't just, you go to social, um, you make some posts and money comes in or doesn't, how yeah, can they account for that? That next piece is the more difficult piece because it's not data driven. It's more about your values, right? So, you know, Research has shown that conservative estimates say that people spend 144 minutes a day on social media, right? Wow, really? Yeah, two hours a day, every day of their lives. And to give you a sense of how much that really ends up being, if you're 30 years old and you die at 90, you'll spend about six and a half years of your life like doom scrolling or being on social media. Now, from a marketing perspective, you could say, well, I want to be where everyone's hanging out. Like that's where we should be. Right. Yeah. But the counter question to ask yourself is, you know, do the goals and values of my company to contributing to that? So that can give you a little bit of an indicator about how you know, much time you want to invest in social media to see it pay out because you are correct. It takes time, just like SEO, just like newsletter building, just like anything in marketing, it takes some time. So 
you know, if you're into community building and your business is highly structured around community building, then yeah, you probably want to be on socials. Right. Um, but if like in my case for my, my outdoor blog, one of the biggest questions I asked myself was what is the value and goal of my blog? And it was to get people to go outside, which inherently is totally counterintuitive to social media. And I was spending a lot of time doing that kind of building community. Um, and I did an audit on myself and I realized that I get, you know, over a million people on my website every year and 153 people came from social media, right? 153 people. That's, that's a pretty small percentage. If you were to take (laughs) your blog and and print it out and staple it to trees out in the forest, that would also be not, you'd say, well, that's where I want people to be. Yeah. But if they're out there. One, they're going to be saying, why is there something stapled to a tree for me to read here? But they're already out there, too. So yeah. you do kind of need to get them not out where you want them to be in order to get them to go out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more of an intense intentionality, right? So my blog is completely driven by ad revenue and SEO. So I get people who are looking for something very specific and want something very specific uh, through SEO, they find what they need, and then they go out and have their adventure. And maybe along the way, they buy one of my products or sign up for my email list. Cool. Awesome. You know what I mean? And either way I get paid. So, you know, it really just depends. And that's, I think a bigger conversation you should have at a bigger company, you know, maybe it's within your marketing team and your, and some of your C-suite in a smaller company. I think that the pressure is really there, um, for you because, you're operating on a little bit more limited resources than a larger company. You feel like you need to be seen and heard. And, and that's the only way to do it because that's what people are telling you. Um, you know, and, and so really sitting with that conversation with you and your company will help you determine like how much time you should spend, uh, if any at all. Right. So this isn't so much an ethical decision. It's more of a time management thing. It's more of saying, Hey, one of the biggest resources you have as a small business is time. And, you know, in your personal life, if you're spending, um, you know, six years of your life or whatever it was on social media, that's one thing, you know, maybe that, that is the ROI, you, you enjoy it, it's entertainment, but at work, you need to see an ROI, you need to see a return on your time, not just on the money invested. Mm-hmm. But what about the money side now? Because you mentioned, oh, you weren't, you weren't even on social, but do you mean you didn't have social accounts and you weren't posting or you weren't paying for ads on social? I didn't have any social accounts and I wasn't posting. Um, I, to be so honest, people were finding you. You didn't have any posts. Also. So where were you posting? I was honestly, so I worked, I got my chops in the outdoor industry. Okay. So I attended events. I pitched out uh, emails and I engaged with the community there. And now most of my clients come through word of mouth, even though I don't necessarily work in the outdoor industry as much anymore. And within, you know, just a few months of starting my business, I was published in, you know, print magazines. I was getting a lot of traction simply for being a reliable person in that space and had just ongoing clients and referrals that way. So it was a little bit old school and probably a little pre-pandemic. So you were doing publicity and networking. KJ's in the PR. Were you actively doing PR? Or is this more networking and just you're in this niche kind of a thing? Networking and in the niche for sure. Uh, No social media, no PR. Um, It's really just you're in this industry, you're in this niche and you've built a network of people. Now, what about the SEO side of things? You're writing a blog, obviously. A lot of people do blogs just for SEO. Mm -hmm. 
Um, your blog is your product though. It's so my business is kind of split in 2020. Um, so at the time my blog was a great marketing piece when I was working in the outdoor industry I said, Hey, look at all these things I've written about. Here's how I write. And in, in that particular space for content, they want photography as well, nine times out of 10. So I could showcase my photography. So the blog was always this marketing piece and it grew and grew and grew into its own separate thing. Cause eventually I had enough traffic to apply for really like, you know, high return ad, ad services and things like that. And it became this more of an experimental place where I could practice my skills as a writer. Um, it's something fun that I enjoyed. And while I built out my writing business to be a little bit more focused on helping women own businesses. Um, so right now I'm at this really interesting crossroads actually from a marketing perspective, because I've got these two passions, um, definitely consider myself a multi-passionate uh, both of them, you know, I used to utilize social media for the blog mostly to get people to come to the posts and, and I ditched it and I saw about an 80% increase in my traffic since quitting because I was putting all that energy into optimizing things that were working. Right. I was going to say, if you quit and take a nap, that's not going to increase. That's not, that's not it. Your business. <laughs> you have to quit and use that time for something else effective. Yeah, I quit. And they told me I was going to quit and yeah. it was going to be great. But nothing happened. <laughs> Makes sense to drop <laughs> social. I, I closed my accounts. I went to bed. Next day, nothing. Yeah, right. Exactly. So you, you still know. have to do something. Just find something more, more efficient or effective. Yeah. Or aligned with, you know, what you're doing. Right. So figuring out where your audience hangs out outside of social media, where do they learn things like really learn how to do a particular thing. That's a great in, I think it could be YouTube. It could be podcasting, could be blogging, could be newsletters, right. you know, it could be a variety of things, but really trying to figure out where they learn and where they're going to get information is a pretty powerful marketing tool where you don't need to use socials. Now you're blogging. You're already creating the content. A lot of people create a ton of content for social. And I love the pluralizing of it to make it so much easier. Instead of social media, you say social. Social. Um, yeah. Um, so a lot of people are trying to create all this content just for socials. And you already have the content. All you have to do is put it up there and you're still saying, no, it's a waste of my time. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with the the, the increase of pay to play for businesses, you know, right. Yeah. I figured I'd rather invest in my team, uh, give them more things to do, build up more things that are mine. You know, another big thing to remember social media is the content's not really yours and it's not really as recyclable as other things can be. And it can um, actually hurt your SEO. If you were to take your blog and put it in five other places, now maybe Google search isn't going to rank you as well. Uh, because they're seeing this isn't unique content. Mm -hmm. But I can redo that post every year, improve upon it, make it better instead of having to come up with something new to say to beat an algorithm on Facebook, right? Mm, that's a really good point. That's a soundbite you should pull out. <laughs> now you mentioned, you mentioned it's um, you know, the pay to play nature. Social media always tends to, when it starts out, any channel is... They say, hey, come put your stuff here and we're going to push it out to everybody for you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to see this. You're going to go viral. You know, we're going to get you. In. And then, like you said, over time, they restrict it back and restrict it back. And pretty soon they're like, hey, unless you pay us, like not even all the people connected, you are even going to see your posts. Um, we're just going to 
you know, give it to a smattering of them at random and you'll never know. Is there a thing with finding kind of the new bleeding edge socials that are, uh, they don't have market share yet. So they're willing to actually push you out there versus going to the more established ones like Facebook and, and, and whatnot, where they don't really want to spread your message unless you pay them. Yeah. I, I think that's a totally good point. I mean, I'm not a TikTok expert, not going to lie <laughs> so, or anything like that. Um, but I, there's validity to that. I think it really depends again on the business. You know, if you're selling widgets to a construction company, like being on TikTok is, or, you know, even clubhouse to a certain extent, isn't going to really serve you. Right. Right. So it just sort of comes back to understanding where your audience hangs out. Is it worth experimenting with? Sure. Why not? If you feel like that's going to be a good use of your time, money, and energy, like by all means, definitely go for it, but don't feel like you're pigeonholed to just that. You know what I mean? Like you can really experiment with different things. You know, maybe YouTube clips are going to be really great for you. YouTube. That's a weird one. It came up recently. Actually, I listened to a a recent podcast and I'm not recalling exactly which one it was, but we're kind of bashing YouTube a little bit and saying like, does YouTube even have a purpose? It only exists because Google gives it preference for, um, for Google search. And then I realized, no, YouTube's huge. Like after we'd recorded the episode and it aired and I listened to it and I was like, what are we talking about? Yes, it is boosted by that. And some people do post things just for the, um, how it helps their search results. And because that can be show up in Google searches, but people post so many things to YouTube for, you know, just all you can learn about anything on YouTube. You can find anything about anything on YouTube. It does have a ton of value outside of uh, SEO um, just, just for Google. And it's been around for quite a while, but these new ones again, keep popping up and they seem like um, you get more native exposure. Like they're really incentivized to push you out there and every once in a while, you'll find this where there's a social media and people say, oh, wow, you know, in 2008, Facebook was really cheap. Like because people didn't know its value, you could push out to tons of people at a really low. And then once everybody gets in there and they're all you know, bidding for the same auction, now it's overvalued all of a sudden. Now it's well, I think that's the point. No one knows the value. So they push it out. And that's why these new right. platforms become so popular because they are you know, they have their algorithm to push it out. People do They're know still the giving it away do. because they haven't yeah. made it yet. Kind yeah, of. exactly. And on the paid side also, they're still um, very cheap for what you're getting. Uh, so it seems maybe if you're looking to uh, do some social, not quit completely, that, that can be an angle for a small business to say, let's invest our time and money in a, a social that's still desperate for users. Well, you know, it could be a strategy to like, you know, let's use all socials that are desperate for users until they're no longer, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, but that kind of gets away from the topic of, Hey, let's just totally. quit social outright. <laughs> let's come on. That's, that's what we're talking about here is quitting social. Are there any, so you have your time, right? Let's say your company, you say, forget about it. Or I've 10 different social platforms. We have platform management software. We're spending all this time, but we also, you know, we're paying for the software. We're making creative. That's just going into the social black hole. We're getting nothing out of it. You, so if you quit that and spend your time somewhere else, you're getting your time back. It's uh, mm-hmm. what there's that famous phrase, uh, reclaiming my time. You're reclaiming your time. And, uh, but what about other side effects? Is there just like a, any mental side effect of being, of saying, wow, I'm not on social anymore. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I think the biggest thing I personally notice, you know, and, and I'll, I'll like say I have accounts. I got like, I don't have any for my business. I have a personal Facebook account. It's one thing I have, I, I have to do research with it for work constantly. And basically I left it as like a business card. Right. So mm. if you're not entirely comfortable quitting your platform, you could put a note up there that says, we don't respond to messages. Here's how you can reach out to us. I'm, we're, we're shutting down this channel for X, Y, Z, but it still has the banner with what you do and who you are. So it's still out there. With you, uh, it's almost cheating. Cause you can put up a thing saying, I'm not on social, I'm hiking. And then it's <laughs> on brand for you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And <laughs> you know, it, it works. And then from there, I think the first thing I noticed was I could hear the birds a lot. Like I was more in tune with. <laughs> I, I wasn't this... expecting that. Like, sure, yeah, there's sure, extra benefit. Sure. You hear the yeah. birds all of a sudden. Yeah. I felt a really big release personally. Um, I felt like my opinions were more valid. My ideas were more exciting to me. Um, wow. Yeah. I stopped worrying about comparing myself to peers or other people uh, like, you know, stop and smell the flowers a little bit more. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's good feedback. Also put down Twitter and hear the tweets kind exactly. of. Exactly. The real <laughs> tweets. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, which was really honestly very powerful for me, especially coming out of 2020 through the pandemic. A lot of people, I think, you know, suffered from being bombarded by a lot of information constantly and yeah. all the changes and the stress and, and the being pulled towards different things that were going on. And, and it was like overwhelming. Right. So since quitting, it's been great for me to just tune into the people I like. I noticed I'm very much more intentional about reaching out to people. And Does food taste better? Um, <laughs> You're like, food tastes would, better. I hear the birds. Yeah. You can hear better. Wouldn't that yeah. be like just ironic that, you know, this is not going to happen, but everybody quits social media after the pandemic. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was honestly, it was almost surprising to me. I remember like distinctly, it was, I don't know, maybe a month or two after I quit and I was outside and I was like, the colors look so bright today. <laughs> well, it almost sounds like you were like, it was suppressive to you having to keep up with that, right? Mm -hmm. That constant, you know, pressure, almost like peer pressure to have all of this when really it wasn't like serving you any, you know, good or ROI for your company. I think a lot of people listening are thinking, God, I have a drug addiction and it's socials. <laughs> like, really? I, mean, I think people do I colors think are brighter do. foods taste better i can smell my food again i hear yeah. the birds <laughs> i mean they've done research in children you know and and they say that children and even like gen z is now kind of entering the workforce they don't have any empathy because they've had everything presented to them through a screen They're, they lack normal human empathy you know and i'm an older millennial so for me oh wow I remember what it was like to not have a smartphone or internet or any of that stuff. And like, there's something to be said about that. Right. Cause even I feel that way and I haven't had that input my whole life. And you know, the generation that's just entering the workforce now isn't as well equipped to deal with, you know, in-person conflict with employees and bosses and things like that. Well, they run from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Avoid so. it like the plague. <laughs> So, you know, it, it, even if you just give yourself a break, like just take a week off, right? And just see what happens, you know? Okay. Take be... a week off. I have a um, 
I have a concept. I want to take a quick break and then I'll, I'll give it to you after the, after the break, but in the theme of take a week off, um, and your food tasting better and colors being brighter, um, I'll, uh, I'll throw that out here after the break, but, uh, we're going to take a quick one. We are talking with, uh, Meg Atterbury of, uh, Fox in the Forest and copywriting with Fox. And you're listening to the, if you market podcast, we'll be right back. You know, I admit, I mean, it's pretty ironic, but I, you know, as a CEO of a, an, you know, an agency, I'm not on social. <laughs> I've gotten myself off of social. Now the agency is, and we do it for clients and things like that, but is this on the show or on the break? Break. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. we're still recording, but we're on break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I find if this go goes public or is this seep? Top uh, you know, they could know that. I mean, I have people to monitor all my social for me, but I'm not on it anymore. And I did that after the pandemic. I did. After the pandemic. What do you mean? We're not after the pandemic yet. Well, okay. Let's see. Well, <laughs> You're in Florida. In so you were after in like uh, yeah, I'm July at, like, of last done year. For us. The pandemic's <laughs> over. <laughs> No, I think after a certain stage of it, I got, um, maybe it was after the, um, presidential election. I just thought, you know what? I can't stand this anymore. <laughs> like we know who won now I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> it was that episode of South Park. You all rubbed your eyes and walked outside and again, you heard the birds and start playing yeah. and stuff. And Reelevate is your go-to place to book events that engage your employees, captivate your clients and create an authentic company culture. Um, we have over. 150 unique virtual events with wine tastings and chocolate tastings and a whole bunch more. Check us out at reelevate.com. Welcome back to the If You Market podcast. We have Meg Atterbury here with us. She's a copywriter with uh, Fox in the Forest and copywriting with Fox. We're talking about quitting social media, going cold turkey on social. And before the break, I alluded to something I had this idea when you mentioned quitting for a week, I thought, you know, people kind of hate a lot of social media companies. They get a lot of hate mail. They get a lot of hate tweets and, and comments and whatnot. What if they were to come together and say, we're going to do a week without social, not you can stop for a week and people saying quit Facebook and all these kind of things. But what if Twitter and Facebook and are there others? I don't know. And all the others, um, MySpace. <laughs> what if the social media's all got together and said, we're going to lock our platform down for a week every year? It's going to be like a vacation week. You do it during summer, who knows? But just sorry, but you can't log in during this time. I think that would be fantastic. Be I, think whoever, I think whoever suggests that is going to be fired. <laughs> that, that too, yeah. <laughs> can't, you can't fire me. Now my Facebook account just quit for some reason, but you can't fire me. Um, so I'll, I'll suggest it. But I've, had, I've said that to people before and they said, oh, but they'd lose so much money. I said, no, no. If you're spending money on Facebook advertisements and you have a budget set aside, you don't say, oh no, Facebook is down for the week. We're going to move the money somewhere else. It just divides across however many days you have. You're going to have the same budget. You're just going to get great PR and maybe people won't get sick of you and want to quit altogether. If you actually, like, it's like a, a social media cartel. You're getting together and saying like, hey, we're going to do this all together um, and it, it'll actually be good for business in the long run. So that's, that's my contribution to, uh, um, to, to the socials. I know they're all listening. Find a week. <laughs> 
find a week. Don't make it like Christmas or New Year's week. A lot of people are with friends and they really want to just be able to look at their phones for a while. But um, <laughs> find a week to just designate a national social media free holiday and complete and shut your platforms down for that week. And yeah, I don't think the was- news agencies would know what to do. They oh, wouldn't know what to do. They, <laughs> yes. So not only would they not know what to do, but they would suddenly be held hostage by social because they would doing that for a week, cutting them off. Now they're more valuable. Social could probably start charging more immediately after that to them for whatever <laughs> they charge for because they're like, see what happens when we're gone for a week. Um, now, maybe uh, maybe you need to be paying us a little bit more. Or we might go two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my big idea for uh, for quitting social media, if not permanently for your company, just getting them to force you to do it for a week, like uh, you know, like an intervention. They're pulling an intervention on themselves. It's it's Jack Daniels saying you might need to not drink for a while. This is is another sidebar we need to pull out and and post on social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I social media posts about, I love people's social media posts about how they're being silenced on social media that go viral. Um, okay. So let's get away from that. I, I do want to spend some time Meg on, uh, on you and your company, what you guys do over there. I mean, we've talked a little bit about you kind of dumping social, but um, can you talk a bit about how you got to where you're at? I mean, you used to be, and what was it? I, um, you were in architecture and then yes. you just dropped your, your triangle one day and said enough and threw your compass away and walked out into the forest. What happened? Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's actually not, that's not too far from the truth. Uh, yeah, I was an architect, so licensed in the state of Colorado. I uh, got my master's in architecture and um, I, I went, the licensing process for those that don't know is, a horrendous seven we was at the time when I did it seven exams and like oh my three hours, is that just two, in Colorado or is that uh it's nationwide okay. um some have more depending okay. on weather factors where you live um got it and yeah I took an 11 year career and just said no thanks <laughs> and decided I was gonna do marketing and writing and marketing instead and you know a lot of people are really confused by this move it's actually got a lot more parallels than you think. So I managed, um, you know, multi-million dollar jobs for big giant fortune 500 and global companies. And I looked around one day and I was like, I'm working three times as hard as everybody and everybody's being paid more than me. Like, what am I doing? Um, so, so you went and hate tweeted about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I decided I was going to be a writer and, and write, content and copy um, because I always had to sell my ideas to my clients, even though they were more visual in nature, I had to sell my ideas to the cities mm. and, and the government jurisdictions. So I, I took that process and translated it to my writing work and kind of walked into the forest. I mean, a big motivator for me was having being, being rewarded for efficiency, which is something that doesn't happen in architecture, surprisingly enough. Um, Surprising. Yeah. So another you know, irony. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I wanted to have more time to do the things I love and, and actually to get paid to do the things I love, which got a couple years into it and said, you know, maybe some vacation time would be nice. So I shifted my business model to work more specifically with women owned businesses. Um, 
just because that would allow me some distance from getting out in the forest and, and searching for foxes and, <laughs> and then my work that I do here. So I really help foxes. What's the Fox thing. It's a nickname. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Are you a Fox? Yes. That's so Meg the Fox at a bear. Meg the yeah. Fox. <laughs> uh. So yeah, I, I started wanting to help women who were, I, you know, when I was feeling all this stuff about social media, which in the outdoor space, it's a lot of, one-upping and what are you out doing and what is this person out doing and I remember yeah. specifically I was in Thailand this is beginning of 2020 so before actually right when COVID started um I was on a dream trip for a really high profile client I was getting paid to rock climb in Thailand that sounds like anybody's idea of an amazing time and I was on social media in the evening one day and I looked at this photo of somebody else who was doing something really close to home that I had always wanted to go do. And I got oh. really upset. And it occurred to me that this was a pretty bad place to be mentally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, as I digested this and was like breaking this down in my head, I was like, I can't be the only business owner that feels this way, um, that, that has trouble with these platforms that doesn't feel like they're really in line with who they are, what they're doing. And I was, I'm really good at SEO, really great at copywriting. And I said, how can I take that skill set and make it more the focus of what I do and market it as like, Hey, if you're feeling this way, you're not alone, you know? Um, and you're, you're, the burnout is real. It's all real. And then here's an alternative for you. Or maybe you want to spend less time on the platforms and you want to diversify your marketing channels, which I would always encourage anybody to do. Um, just like you diversify a portfolio, a financial portfolio. Uh, here are these other ways that you can go about doing things. So that's how I ended up where I am. And I really love the clients that I work with because some of them have really unique channels and um, like passions that they drive and strive for. And it's, it's great to see them grow. And I love having those like aha moments where somebody looks at you and like, that's exactly what I've been trying to do and, and say, and I haven't been able to do and say it. So I'm picturing you hanging off a cliff in thailand this really beautiful scenic thing behind you (laughs) and you hang there by one arm and your other hand you're looking at your phone at some social media post and you're saying motherfucker i want to be doing that damn it damn it (laughs) to hell somebody else's post hiking in colorado and you're upset about it like what the hell's wrong with me yeah pretty much i mean and the irony in all of that is i hate winter so (laughs) i was in like my happy place there's so many ironies in the show that's like i hate winter but i can't stand someone else enjoying it me not no not gonna happen (laughs) you know meg tell us about your clients or types of clients i'm very curious um, I primarily work with smaller women-owned businesses, so maybe team, maybe solopreneur team of up to ten. I've done bigger, bigger work, right? So I've worked for people like American Express, REI, big household names, um, Big Agnes, and that kind of people. But uh, I really like to focus on somebody who's been in business for several years. I want to make sure that they really understand their client and their audience. And they're not at that phase where they're kind of shotgun blasting at a wall and seeing what's yeah. uh, That's how I can help you the best uh, is when you know exactly who it is you want to target. 
And when we, when we know that we can do so much to foster that relationship, you know? Now, what about when a client says, so Meg, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write all my social posts for me. And then again, you say, (laughs) motherfucker. (laughs) So, so I just have a, I have a question on this. So you're, so you say, let's not do social. Let's do what instead? And you said diversify, but give us some examples. I know you said it earlier, but repeat it. Yeah. Email, super powerful tool. Newsletters, super powerful tool. They're, they're very democratic, right? You're not competing with algorithms. Really. You just need to get somebody to give you their email address. That one's a great one. Email's an open owned channel. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. SEO. Uh, blogging, I think, is still very powerful and relevant. I and think it is. Well, it definitely is, for sure. Yeah. And the yeah. great thing about blogging is you can pull from all your other content pools. Like if you have a podcast or you're doing webinars or newsletter, all those things, you can kind of tessellate the content out with blogging, which is what makes it really great. And it just improves your visibility. Um, I don't do YouTube or podcasting, but I love both. I use both. So... <laughs> It's another great way. And, you know, depending on your business, like nothing is going to be the personal relationships you develop with people. That is like word, the best clients are word of mouth, right? So like nothing is really going to touch those, those fostering, continuing to foster those relationships, which right, like, right now is challenging, but it can be done. Um, so that would be another awesome channel. It seems like there's two different types of content writing. I mean, you have, you have your email, your blog, your SEO. Those aren't really channels for nurturing existing clients. So you want to have those relationships. But now maybe your clients are, you know, they're signed up for your newsletter and they pay attention to your blog. But really, those things are more for bringing in as a magnet for new people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you, it's like the, the separation between sales and marketing, it seems like. If you need copywriting for existing clients, but not quite as much because you've already copy wrote them to get them in the door. Yeah. Bit, you know? So are you speaking more um, to people that don't know the business or aren't already clients with your copywriting or you do some, some of both? I mean, is some of your copywriting for kind of existing client maintenance type stuff? Yeah. I have a pretty aggressive calendar. So, <laughs> you know, I've got everybody on a spreadsheet and I say, like, all right. And I have a recurring reminders for me to reach out to people who I've worked with in the past and, and check in and see how they're doing. Um, another great tool that I've used is you can look at open rates on your email list and you can see how many people are reading everything that you've ever written mm. and reaching out to those people one-on-one and just saying, hi, I'd just like to talk to you is a super powerful tool. Oh, and they're yeah. saying, oh, my God, it's Meg the Fox Atterbury. She called me. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, not always. <laughs> Most time, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a continual. I think email newsletters, I personally believe do both. Right. So if your client's on your newsletter, they know what you're up to, what you're talking about. You're continuing to have, you know, FaceTime with them and, and get in front of them. Um, and if there's somebody you're nurturing through a funnel or a drip or anything like that, um, and just a weekly update, that's really important and powerful tool too. The key is to be, be an authority, which I know sounds really obvious, but it's to, to really give value. Right. So these, we hear that all the time and it's really important. So true. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, like everybody's like, well, I don't want to give away stuff for free. Well, you can give away a certain amount of things that are helpful to people for free. Otherwise, how are they going to trust you? Right. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to have some way to entice them. They're like, I don't want to pay just to see if I like anything about you and, and yeah. the services you offer. So we're, we're at a standstill here. You don't want to give anything to me. I'm not going to waste my time with you without knowing anything. Somebody's got to, got to give. Um, so quitting social media, what um, contentious question then, what's your favorite social media platform? If you were to, if you were to but have, how did we find out about quit, you? <laughs> <laughs> what would be your favorite platform? LinkedIn. Um, you know, LinkedIn isn't so bad. Um, I'm not on there a ton, but I think it's, it's, it's a lot less like triggering and harmful to me. So personally, yeah. um, so that's a great way to connect. Uh, actually my favorite one, when I did use uh, social media was Instagram. I love photography. Oh yeah. So it was also the hardest one for me to leave, but felt the best when I did it, which was people love their pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I got an Instagram. Cool. Like maybe 2010, you know? So I was on the platform for a long time and I loved how the timeline was always just a timeline. And it was like, I just wanted to showcase my photography work and it evolved into this big monster that then consumed my life and <laughs> mm. took a lot of out of my self-worth. Um, so I'm glad I left it, but that one, I think I just like photos. <laughs> so. And then outside of social, what's your favorite channel? Like to reach to people, reach out to people. Yeah. My friends and stuff, honestly, like text. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I like it's text. funny because they all like, oh, we miss your photos or whatever. And I'll, and I'll tell them, well, I miss yours. So we have this thing where we'll send each other pictures. So yeah, you can text. Yeah. You like print one out, write them a letter, put it in. Yes. It, it. I actually have a set of <laughs> postcards I send out uh, to friends who are going through tough times or like need an extra boost through a really busy period. I'll like actually mail them a postcard. It's so funny now. I mean, mailing a postcard back in the day, you go to a store, you pick a postcard, that kind of stuff. There's so much more you can do now. You can take any of your photos and just have it sent to you as a postcard for almost nothing. Uh, and yet people do it so much less. Like it's way better. Physical mail is way better than it's ever been in the history of, <laughs> of the US. But because we have social, it's, it's almost like, because people aren't using it as much, it's doing what some of the socials do early on where they have to give so much away. Like the yeah. physical mail world is like, there's I no demand for us. So we're going to have to give my friends because I thought that they would like them and yeah. no one liked them. They were really cool <laughs> cards. <laughs> and no one liked them. <laughs> they were like, what is, How do you know? What is this snail mail? They would like send you a message on Facebook. I didn't lot like you. No, card. I just, you know, it was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got it. Like <laughs> <laughs> return yeah. to sender. What's physical. Mail? I would have really liked it? them. They were really cool cards, but anyway, <laughs> you know, it sounds to me like Meg, what you're talking about is, you know, one of the influencer models that we subscribe to in, you know, PR where you, you really want to dominate multiple channels and diversify, right? So you have your owned media, which is really a lot of blogging and email and newsletters, right? And you have your <clears throat> paid media, right? Which is your, your ads, and it could be even social ads. And you have your um, earned media, right? Which is publicity. And then you have your social media, which is one of those particular aspects 
And I think that's gotten really like blown out of proportion. There's this panic that people have to be on it. And what you're basically saying is, you know, you're putting it back in perspective and you don't really have to have those four pillars. Not everyone does. You could have the three, you could have a, you could have a triage, right. Or not a triage, but a, a, a trifecta. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done triage. You got rid of social media. Now you have a trifecta and it still works. Right. It seems oh. kind of like you're throwing a party and you have all these friends and you got blog friend and you got, and you're just like, you know what? Social media is, kind of been a weirdo recently and yeah, acting like, strange i think they've got a drug habit maybe we're just not <laughs> going to invite them to this party for a while and everybody right. has a lot more fun yeah it's just it turns out when we don't invite social we don't have to buy nearly as much beer they bring a bunch of weird friends we never seen before that just come yeah, like to all these party and people, break stuff right? and steal stuff and um <laughs> spike yes. the punch. let's just not invite social to the party for a while see what happens yeah, and I think it's important to understand, like, just like anything in life, nothing's permanent, right? There's no harm in experimenting. There's no harm in shrinking something a little bit. It's not like anyone's out there, like, raising cards, like, 10 out of 10 or whatever, right? It's all custom tailored to you and your business and what you feel is best use of your, you know, most precious resources, which is, you know, time, money, and energy, um, regardless if that's through employees, contractors, or yourself. So, yeah, I like that. The kind of the tripod. <laughs> it seems a little bit like when early on in the conversation, we were saying, well, but, you know, how do you know if you just haven't invested enough time and energy yet? And it's going to pay off soon. You're not seeing the ROI. But I'd say on the flip side of that, well, if you're not really seeing any ROI right now, maybe really the way to test this is to quit social media and see what happens. See if you then see, I don't know just mentally you're in a better space and your business is doing better. So you might, because you could say like, well, it's just going to take, you know, five to eight years and then we'll know if social is going to pay off. Like, I'm sorry, too late, but take a month and you'll see if quitting it'll pay off. Exactly. I think you have to give yourself timelines for both, right? Let's test it. Let's, let's do it for five months and we're not seeing the return or let's quit it for, you know, three to five months. Or just take that week when they all shut down every summer and uh, and do it then. See how you feel afterward. <laughs> exactly, and and then you know again that's a six month rule is pretty good, right? Six I mean, months, really? Yeah, four to six. Three um, months is not quite enough. I know that's like a particular. It's probably three months. Is like you're just starting to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe see incipient stages of something or, but yeah, I can see six months. This is a relationship. You're not sure if it's toxic and you're like, look, I think we should take a break and we'll see how we feel <laughs> Three in six months. months. Not enough. You know, six maybe months. I'll miss you and I'll come back, but maybe not. Maybe I find out the world's a great place without you. Yeah, totally. Time to or break maybe up you with bring it back media. and it's just one little piece and you say, mm. My goal for this specific platform has changed. My reason for having it has changed. I'm getting rid of five other ones that aren't serving me. Um, you know, it, there's no, it's no like rule book, right? It's right. just what's there is no rule book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no hard, fast rules about this. Just something to consider. Um, could be great for your business. Could be great for you personally. Um, and also, I mean, we're talking about quitting social media. We're not saying you can't be on there or hate tweeting or Facebooking with friends or something like that. Maybe it's more effective if you quit it personally a little bit as well. But for your business, um, you know, reclaiming that business time, reinvesting it into other platforms, other places that you can uh, see a greater impact, 
um, you know, may be a good path for some businesses. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Um, anything else that, that you want to add in here about, about your, uh, your proclaimed hate for social media. So just, so we can let Zuckerberg know, um, <laughs> any shocking discovery. Shocking. Yeah. Anything, any shocking discovery that you've like since quitting since quitting, um, let me see. I mean, I was, I was pretty convinced that I could not successfully launch a product without having social ads. And I, I did it. I did it. <laughs> it was a little, it was a little slow on the uptake, but now it's moving right along and it's all fueled by SEO and it works out quite well. Um, I think the biggest shocker that helped me quit was realizing how little I was getting back mm. from it. That was like jaw dropping to me, you know, I was on the platform for not a whole lot, maybe an hour a day. And, you know, I'd spend all my time when I was out, like, got to get this from my story or whatever. And just seeing so few people compared to how many people come to me was very shocking. Shocking. I heard the best way to quit social media was to create an account on Parler and on MySpace <laughs> and try to just spend your time there and you'll find your, you quit social media pretty easily. Or next door. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> or next door. <laughs> yep. So quit, don't quit all of them. Just keep those and you realize <laughs> maybe I won't log on as much every day. Pretty, pretty easy then. All right. Fantastic. Meg, um, thank you for jumping on here with us, going over this stuff. It's been uh, very interesting. And enlightening and ironic. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Enlightening and ironic. This is the way I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, where can people find you? Where, where can people find you on social media, Meg? Um, we'll have you in the show notes, but I mean... <laughs> You can be found on LinkedIn, I know, but uh, yes. we'll, we'll put a link to your to your blog. How else can people reach out to you? Uh, the best way to reach out to me, actually, if you're interested in learning more about what I do and what I talk about, um, I've got an excellent newsletter letter. It's called Copy with Copy. Uh, it's a weekly newsletter that delivers action-packed advice about SEO, binge-worthy content creation, and copy that converts. And I deliver it to your inbox every morning with your morning brew. Love it. Mondays, Monday mornings. Yeah. Awesome. Copy with coffee. Is there a site they can go to find that? Copy with coffee. We'll put it in the show notes, but. Yeah, you can find it at copywritingwithbox.com. And then it'll say newsletter up on the top. Otherwise, I got a bit link, so I'll send that your way. <laughs> and when we promote this out in our uh, in our newsletter, we'll we'll put that link in there yeah. as well, so people can sign up uh, sign up for yours. I love you mentioned email and the the democracy of email, and that's a word I've been using for a while for email. It's it's an open marketplace. It's a democratized, unowned marketplace where yes, the the social media that owns it can't say, well, now it's going to cost this much for you to send emails to people. Or, you know what, when you send that email out, it's only going to go to one in 10 people today because eh, we really want you to pay for this ad over here instead. And, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great channel that I think uh, there's a reason we have all these bleeding edge technologies and all these socials and all these things coming in. And a lot of them are fads and die out. And people had said for a while, email was going to die out, but it, it really is an awesome open democratizing uh, channel that anybody can use. Uh, so uh, I, I love that use of that word there. Yeah. It's super freeing too, right? You don't have to 
keywords you don't have to worry about <laughs> formatting just, no hashtagging yeah you can just hashtag. send the message to the person you want to send a message to yeah and you can make it super personal which is fun yeah. you know yep awesome so uh check out the show notes uh to see all the links to everything we've been talking about here with uh with with meg and that's on if you and uh look us up on social media and see if we're still there or not we might quit after today. <laughs> i don't know but uh, tell a friend give us a good review on itunes and uh, on behalf of carla joe helms and the if you market team and meg atterbury or meg the fox atterbury a <laughs> fox in the forest thank you for listening to the if you market podcast where we believe if you market the shit out of it without social media without social media they will come are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns but list companies and online tools are the worst right well then you've got to check out top data search by mountaintop data at mountaintop data we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data and we specialize in business contact information We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted high-quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000, like if you market the podcast here, and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees, and 1,000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.